Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of JCOS Presents Sound Sociology. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at official statistics and what are the strengths and weaknesses of them. Official statistics is usually collated by a primary data, such as questionnaires, interviews. Um, However, when we talk about official statistics, we're talking about something that has already been uh, collected and published by someone else. So official statistics are secondary data. So it's pre-existing information that's been collected by someone else, usually a government agency, and it then becomes available to sociologists and the wider society. Secondary data can be quantitative and it can be qualitative. Quantitative data is usually in the form of statistical form, such as percentages or bar charts, whilst qualitative could be letters and documents and reports. Official statistics, when we talk about it in today's episodes, is referring to quantitative. These could be statistics on birth rate, marriage rate, death rate, suicide rate, unemployment, crime rates. All of these provide us with a quick and easy identifiable uh, examination of trends and patterns that have gone on over whether it be a month, a year or a decade. Official statistics are compiled by government departments. The main source of quantitative data, which sociologists will use, come from the Office for National Statistics, or if you're studying the topic Sociology of Education, Department for Education for League Tables. Now, we've recently just come out of a census report collection um, in the last couple of weeks. The Office for National Statistics is responsible for this census in England and Wales, and the census is conducted every 10 years. It collects information on the whole of the population and it will cover topics from housing, education, health, transport. It's a way of measuring over a period of time and looking at how the population has evolved. Now, the census involves mailing a self-completion questionnaire uh, survey to every household in England and Wales. However, in recent times, uh, as of the last few weeks, the census has now turned into an online platform to help overcome the issues of low response rates and ensuring that people have access to uh, completing it in a quick turnaround time. It must be noted that the census is still done in the form of a self-completion questionnaire, just online. Although we are legally required to complete the questionnaire, not everyone does. In 2011, um, the census had an overall response rate of 94%. Uh, The responses varied depending on the authority and area of the country you were in. In places like West Devon, it was up to 98% return rate, whilst in places like Kensington and Chelsea, it only reflected 82%. Particular groups within populations such as students and other young people are considered less likely to respond. This creates a hole in the data, and what we would refer to as the social construction of data. Data is not without its flaws. Quantitative data only reflects the stuff that is reported and consequently recorded. We know this from when we've looked at the crime topic. For the first time in official statistics, the 1991 census asked a direct question about ethnic group origins, and it asked people to identify what ethnic group they may be a part of. Questions like this can be sensitive and create a little bit of uncertainty for those filling it in. This creates also yet another form of social construction that surrounds data and the idea that 
the data collecting and the data making of the questionnaire is only as good as the human who has made it. Inevitably, given the massive scale of the census, errors do occur. Incorrect information may be provided on the census forms and coding errors might continue throughout the questionnaire. Questions can range from the type of tenure that you have, e.g. do you own your house or rent, the number of rooms, the number of bedrooms, whether there's central heating, how many cars do you have, uh, gender, language, marital status, sexual preference, country of birth, qualifications, occupations, employment status. All of these, depending on who you're asking, could create sensitive issues. And that's why it's absolutely great what the census does, but we also need to be aware of do the do the answers provided on a census in the form of a closed questionnaire give everyone the option to say what they want. We also see other official statistics in the form of birth, marriage and death, rate, death rates. All of this can be found at a local council office from the registrar. Um, so an interesting thing maybe to go and do is to pop down to your local library or local council office to see how statistics from marriage, death or birth have changed over the years. Now there are strengths to using official statistics. Official statistics can save time and money, which is a practical strength. It can also allow you to get collect a large amount of data for, across a large sample. Again, creating a practical strength. It also allows the sociologist to investigate trends over time, which again is a practical strength on the idea of saving time. However, there are big weaknesses and it's what we've mentioned already. Official statistics are collected by officials, so they might not tell sociologists exactly what they want to know about a particular social issue. And also, the definition of words that are used within it might vary between the, the official individual making it, government, and the sociologist. Interpretive sociologists are also interested in understanding what people experience, and something like the census or official statistics may not get to the real depths of understanding people's motives. And the much bigger issue that has been mentioned is the idea that all official statistics are socially constructed. They are the decisions and choices made by people involved in their construction. So all data, fundamentally, is flawed because humans are flawed. Why not have a go at the following four mark question to really ground your knowledge? Identify and explain one advantage of using official statistics to study divorce. Whilst it might sound like an easy question, remember, these four markers are not asking you about research methods, but a particular context. In this case, you need to know your strengths of official statistics and why it's a strength, as well as understanding why it would be good for studying divorce. So that second part of the question requires you to understand what kind of changes or contextual things have gone on within divorce. For now, I'll leave it there and I'll see you on the next episode of JCOS Presents Sound Sociology.